Hello, this is Richard C. Wilson with the Family Office Club, and I'm here with Matthew. Welcome, Matthew. Nice to be here. Thank you. This is a investor mandate uh, interview, and we're going to be exploring what Matthew is investing in and looking for. So what type of an investor are you, Matthew? I'm an angel investor. I'm a limited partner in a fund based in New York City called And then I do additional um, rifle shot investments outside of the fund as well. Okay. And then what's kind of the scope in terms of geography, the um, maybe the size of companies you're looking at, the industries where you have the most interest or the most expertise? I know you have a, uh, a legal background kind of by trade and career-wise, right? Correct. So I'm um, an active attorney in the venture capital and private equity space, but that just informs my, my perspective when I'm looking at deals to make investments. The investments that I make outside of the fund uh, can be in any location in any industry, but usually um, those focus on cannabis companies because the fund won't invest in cannabis companies. The other kinds of deals that I look at are tech or consumer goods, and those are typically run through the fund because then I can leverage the resources of the, of the fund and my colleagues to do diligence and look at deals. In both cases, usually looking for follow-on investment for early stage rounds. So could be anywhere from twenty-five dollars to $100,000 in either case. And um, the fund is structure is a committed capital follow-on fund. So those are typically the deals that it makes. And then I have obviously more flexibility when I'm making my own direct investments. Sure. Okay. And what would be the number one thing you'd be most excited to take a look at, or if you could get more of a certain type of deal flow above everything else, what's most important to you? It's always nice to um, to be able to piggyback off of bigger <laughs> bigger funds who've done more diligence and cl- and help close out a round because then right. as an investor you have confidence that the round is going to be full and that the documents are fully baked and it's much more turnkey. But we're not discouraged either through the fund or myself and looking at things um, from the front end of the investment cycle also. In terms of industries, right now, I think it's harder to pick um, winners. There are a lot of companies, we're kind of seeing three companies. There are companies that were already well-defined in the space to either react to the specific needs right now, if they're technology-enabled healthcare um, or other consumer products that are kind of well-positioned to take advantage of the market right now. Then secondly, there are companies that are pivoting and also looking for up rounds, but maybe pivoting their product or pivoting their message to address the current distressed market. And then there are companies that are in distress looking for rescue financing. I think that those are harder look for me or any of my resources because that's not the market that we've been kind of geared towards looking at or investing or doing diligence in. So still looking for up rounds generally to the extent that they exist. Sure. What if somebody here has access to many attorneys and law firm partners and they're not sure the best way or the best strategy to kind of win over a attorney as an investor? Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what is particular about, you know, your brain has been trained to look at like the fine details, probably at fact checking things or I mean, like, how, how do you think it makes it different when someone's working with an investor who's an attorney? Yeah, it's a good question. I think that when I'm in a larger diligence group through my fund and I'm part of the two or three member diligence team, um, they bring me on because I can look closer at the documents. I can help go, I have probably more patience and tolerance to go through the documents and understand the nuances. You actually read them. Yeah, well, I can't help but read them. 
Um, but specifically when there are questions related to capitalization, control of IP, um, if there's been maybe some issues like founder, founder friction leading up to the deal or something like that, and they want to make sure that, that um, everything was done correctly to get to get the company in a good shape to finance vis-a-vis -vis maybe some disgruntled founders or disgruntled investors in its past. And that's not, that's not toxic. That doesn't mean a company can't get investment. It just needs right. to be, make sure that it was done well uh, so that there aren't going to be skeletons in the closet later that have to be dealt with. Right. Right. Okay. Makes sense. And then what would be your number one piece of advice for an investor listening to this? Uh, maybe something that you wish you knew 15 years ago, I uh, would, would have saved you a lot of uh, grief or wasted time or saved you a lot of money on wasted fees, et cetera. You're talking about as a lawyer? Uh, or as, or as a, from a, it could be a, from a lawyer perspective on investment contracts or from just an investor perspective, something that you wish you knew 15 years ago. Yeah. Maybe. And it's probably advice informed from both perspectives unified, which okay. is that um, it's much easier to solve problems up front than it is to try and fix them on the back end. And working with a couple of companies right now, um, strong companies, virtualizing historically brick and mortar kind of retail experiences or something like that. And they come to you and say, we know we've had these problems for a while and we're just going to address them now that we're going, we're going to get financing. That's one way to fix it. And lawyers can fix it or, or business minds can fix it. But it's much easier if they're dealt with in due course as the company is, is building itself. So it doesn't come with this laundry list of issues. And also so that the passage of time hasn't allowed the problems to be compounded, not merely because the problem exists, but also because the passage of time has made it harder to fix. If it's right. tax related or if there's, um, you know, they're, they're saying, well, we'll just wait and see if this disgruntled party sues us or something like that, because then they have leverage in the context of the deal because they know, um, they know that the deal is going to get held up if they can't solve the problem. And it's much easier right. to solve in due course. So right. probably good advice for life in general, as well as it is for a company, just deal with the problems as they come up and don't let them build up and, and come to a head in, in the context of the financing. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. One of my mentors, uh, Dan Sullivan, he says, you can choose uh, two types of pain, short-term pain or long-term pain, you know? So he likes to choose the short-term pain. So I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Just address it real quick. So that's great. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. What's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? Is it via LinkedIn or do you prefer email or phone? LinkedIn is a great platform. You can learn about me and the things that I do as well as contact me there. And I check it every day. So feel free to reach out on LinkedIn, please. Cool. Great. And Matthew's last name is like, I believe it's the right spelling, right, Matthew? So um, in case you're looking him up on LinkedIn, that'd be the, the way to find him. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Matthew. Take care. Have a good day. Thank you. You too.